0: Welcome to the Crone's Porch. Magic, bitchcraft, and a liminal approach to magical faith. This is your grandmother's podcast.
1: Content warning, use of colorful language, lots of complaining, and general curmudgeonry. These opinions are our own, which we express as individuals following a Crone path.
0: And on today's episode, we are continuing our trip around the Wheel of the Year. This stop is so uh, with... weird. Hi, Colin. Hi, Ian. Uh, so, uh... By the time this episode comes out, we will have made another trip around the wheel. Yay! Yeah. Time moves. The one true. Okay, I guess it's not true because time isn't a constant linear, nor really real when you think about it, besides the sun moving. But uh, it's consistent. <laughs> it's the one consistent thing in my life these days.
1: Yeah. I mean.
0: <laughs> it's lost meaning, but it's consistent. That's true. the sun still rises the sun still sets the moon rises and so far that's the only consistent thing in my life but how are you colin how have you been
1: i'm fine i've been finding that yeah kind of i feel you that like everything is becoming more and more difficult um (laughs) the only thing that i've been really good at doing over the last like week has been watching tv like that is the only thing my brain is cape like the level of complexity my brain is capable of most of the time
0: yeah i remember i had read or someone was sharing resources about it was related to more zoom overload for college students and um higher ed practitioners but uh it was relating to that feeling of <laughs> work overload like being overstimulated in almost every aspect so the most you can do is just kind of sit there and watch TV, and do simple tasks. But not yeah. in a shamey way. That, that one was about giving space for that, about, you know, we do so much work just to handle the massive on-fire state that the world is in. And so defaulting to that is not a slight and shouldn't be seen as such.
1: It's true. <laughs> and um, that's hard to, to, to remind ourselves is. of. And for people who, I don't know, is, is if you already are dealing with other issues, pre-existing conditions, disability, et cetera, like I, for one, constantly am struggling with my disabilities. And so adding all of this on top of it makes it so my ability to be productive is pretty well compromised at this point. So I'm trying to move away from a shame, shaming frame to a more care frame seeing what that looks like
0: yeah yeah that's a whole episode (laughs) ooh magic of care that's a good episode idea
1: it is a good episode we should definitely try to do
0: that (laughs) and the list keeps at least we still have content we haven't (laughs) double dipped yet and I'm proud of that
1: (laughs) oh Uh, we've got plenty to do
0: we've got plenty to do years and years and years and years of books maybe (laughs) to do
1: um, but so we have moved
0: around the wheel again. We've just exited uh Maybon time and now we're coming up to our favorite I think I can speak for both of us when we say that. Our favorite time of year. Yeah. Samhain. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I love sowen so much. Um, I
0: guess we'll start with the
1: basics. What is sound? Uh so from a cultural historic standpoint. Samhain is the Gaelic New Year it represents um the the cycle of the year coming to the close and a new one beginning it uh it is a uh celebration of the dead as well as an end to the harvest season and how the veil feels so much thinner um and and how the dead and otherworldly beings can sort of connect with us more easily and so it's a time to honor ancestors, to celebrate the ending of harvest, to kind of take stock of our own mortality, understanding that while we commune with the dead, the winter may make more ancestors for us, uh-huh. um, either ourselves or others in a tr- in a traditional agricultural society. Um, it was also in mythology. It said that it was begun when the Dagda and the Morrigan um, uh hooked up and it the Morgan promised to kill in during the second battle of moitora to help the Tua and win the war against the favora uh it's there's a lot of different variations on what people have done over the years and what what significance it has held but often it's a time to honor the ancestors to honor your community before everyone kind of has to shut themselves away for winter and to enjoy the last fruits of the harvest before times get tough and you may have to face starvation and whatnot so it's it's in my mind it's it's joyful but also um reflective Mm -hmm. so i i would say that if you're really interested in a lot more of the underpinnings there's a lot more like we could spend hours talking about the (laughs) the historical and cultural basis of salad but that's kind of the basics It is a very Gaelic holiday, um, Um, but it's spread out um, across, you know, many different magical faiths. So I think that it's perfectly reasonable for anyone to to celebrate. There are a lot of people who celebrate, you know, autumn late harvest festivals or end of harvest festivals. Or like, uh, if you want to explain what blood harvest is, blood (laughs) harvest festival. Yeah, so I guess, so there are
0: two for me... There are kind of two usual imagery for Samhain or end of har- end of fall harvest festivals. One is a full harvest festival there, there's still crops to be collected. there's still kind of uh, earthen or plant life to be collected. Um, but then there's the other part uh, for my family uh, traditionally is from of Eastern Europe. Eastern North Europe. Uh, So winter is pretty much fully set in. If we think about it here in the United States, I think I just saw uh, certain towns in New Hampshire have already received snow. You know, Montana and I think South Dakota have been receiving snow for a while now um so for those people who this isn't really the end of autumn because it's been snowing for a while um there's nothing left to harvest out of the earth in terms of plant life this is a blood harvest meaning we're waiting for a full winter you know not, not this like light dusty winter wonderland shit we're waiting for full winter to set in and so going into full winter we're seeing what stock our livestock is going to make it through winter um possibly what family men- members might not make it through winter and so like the blood harvest becomes uh collecting livestock that won't make it that definitely aren't going to make it and just preserving the meat to be used for winter um and those kinds of harvests so there are plant harvest is over for my <laughs> my cultural heritage <laughs> because it's winter we're just waiting for full-on death winter
1: to come <laughs> yeah that's yeah. That's fair.
0: We don't have the um, nice warm breezes from <laughs> the meeting of the ocean currents uh, that you Isles folk have.
1: Yeah, I mean it produces a lot of rain. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's yeah, it's 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 a time I feel. I don't know how you uh, how you feel is. It's about. It's about retrospect be being gaining a perspective about um community especially celebrating together as a community both the living and the dead and the things that are not human but are part of our community um because it is a time when everything is so much closer together so i like to focus um more on the aspect of like it's a time for renewal and celebrating community because you don't know what will happen moving forward but you can cherish what you have
0: yeah and i look at it i celebrate very much the death aspect of it uh i i mean death is my favorite tarot card i i'm very much intrigued by the uh the concept of death and the ways various peoples interpret death and so i really like that saman is a time almost to let this year's version of yourself, you know, die, and then to, you know, go into winter in this kind of cocoon light state, we're going to be stuck inside. Um, communal things are going to be a little bit more difficult with the, the weather. Um, and so, uh, and then we are to be reborn as we come out at Belton to be reborn into the summer, the high, the high activity time. Um, so I really like the death aspect. That's what I tend to focus on for Sawa. very much blood harvest.
1: Yeah, I think that there's a, it's a good setup time for renewal. So you mm-hmm. kind of follow the cycles of death and renewal in that regard. Um, I especially like it too because with the veil so thin, you can really get some intense responses from ancestors and deities mm-hmm. so for me like the the more it's the morrigan's holiday it's her time and so in every aspect she's there so not only is she death and war and conflict she's also fertility and growth and mother mother goddess so you get that sort of overwhelming presence of all of those things and you can explore whatever aspect of it you'd like. Uh so I think it's a time of really powerful magic that you can use and if you know what you want to do with it, you can really set up, you know, a whole year of things if you really are intent about it.
0: Yeah, like I'm definitely big on duality so I like linking rituals to each other like we just linked i i forgot what we linked maybe on to make to onto bulk, right yeah For our group um i really like linking the mirrored holidays so if i think about with with Samhain uh linking it to the earth Samhain being very much in the death field very close to earth very close to ancestors like close to um this realm and belton Belsina really is like the rise from that, you know, kind of lifting off the ground, lifting into fertility, into like the newness of life. Uh, So, I mean, I, for me, that duality is almost, Samhain's very much, almost for me, since I don't work, Okay, now that I say that, I probably will be. But I don't work super close with the Morgan because it's not my tradition. Um, so for me, Samhain is very much all about ancestors, almost nothing about deity work. And then Beltana becomes the one that's almost exclusively about deity work, not so much about ancestors um, in that kind of duality sense.
1: Yeah, that's an, interest, an interesting point there. I like the 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 cyclical aspect of the mirrored holiday yes. pattern. <laughs> and also i think we should really talk about you know what practices do we do because like we said there's so many cultural things that we could talk about but it'd probably be more helpful to, for us to talk about what we do and then let folks develop what they feel best about doing for Mhm.
0: yeah so um i know i And I think this is a tradition that just started last year because I just really like doing it. And I forgot how much I like doing it ever since uh, a mentor or an elder or an adult. Okay, he'll be mad if I call him an elder because he's not that old. (laughs) Um, Ever since one of the uh, leaders in our faith community in Syracuse did it. um, I really like doing a very strict, really formal ancestor ritual on Samhain. I incorporate Ancestors in a lot of different ways. We talked about it in the Ancestors episode. Um, but I really like taking the time to set up something really high magic, ritualistic, that's just really focused on Ancestors. We've done it now. I've done it twice. And then we did it once together last year of setting up this. Uh, we used the the uh, framework of uh, Persephone's trip down, down into Hades, crossing the river Styx to... Uh, get to Hades. And we did that with our students so that they could, you know, come down to the River Styx and meet their ancestors who come across the river. Um, so I just, I just really like doing that. That's kind of what I've done, always done, Samhain. I really want to incorporate an ancestor feast, like setting out an actual table with actual cooked items um, over the night uh, from the beginning of Samhain to the end of Samhain, you know, setting out uh, possibly People people's living memories favorite foods maybe cultural food that is really close to the family family recipes those kind of things but yeah i really like doing very specific celebratory i should say ancestor work for Samhain what about you Colin
1: uh well i like to take it as a time i also put out i put out a plate for the ancestors and a plate for the fair folk because they're both very active at that time um i put the plate for the fair folk outside and the ancestors inside uh, don't want to food. mix those up. <laughs> no, it's best not to invite folks in around, especially Beltane, Beltana, and Samhain. And you don't um, want to put your ancestors out by accident. <laughs> no, you don't. Um, I do my own personal stuff with the Morrigan, just because um, with that. But what I really like about Samhain is it's the time for being super dramatic. Um, <laughs> I think dramatics have a lot of a lot of power around holidays, and especially Samhain so this is the time that if possible i would want to um you know uh put on face put on my blue face paint um cloak bonfire dance around make music um do sort of like really energetic dramatic loud magic that doesn't necessarily have to be super focused but more about just the act of doing it and then set so so that it almost it's like you were saying kind of the winter is an almost hibernation pupation period so letting off the last hyper energetic part of the season (laughs) so that it so that 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 part can die away and then lead to new growth
0: but it has to
1: but it has to be burned away because otherwise it will fester. <laughs> which um, which is another kind
0: of mirror because, uh, you know, if we think about the Maypole dance for Beltana that's often done, that is almost an energy-raising, you know, uh, tradition to kind of jumpstart the summer high-energy high outdoors fun time where this one is a releasing of energy so that we can uh, all... Go to sleep and conserve energy for winter because winter be tough for some
1: (laughs) yeah so my kind of the things that i think about most during Samhain is um dancing singing without reserve like like you don't have to be good at it it doesn't have to look good or sound good but you do it even if you just want to scream into the void that's (laughs) what you do so also bonfires um, well, bonfires are good for any time of year. <laughs> well, it, that's true, but bonfire is very, very important, I think, mm. um, because you're also acknowledging, you know, it's it's part of that cycle of the death of the sun type of thing. The sun is going yeah. away, so you're celebrating fire. Um, <laughs> As you your also, new sun, <laughs> because also, that's what's going to be around. <laughs> I also prefer to do it with proximity to or in, like, wood within some level of nature, because mm. I think that it's, it's also a good time to to confront the dark because we're not especially humans nowadays in in you know we live a lot of us at least in the united states live in urban or suburban areas especially those of us with of magical faith we tend to be in those areas i we forget how dark the darkness is without our light sources always Mm -hmm. and i think that part of part of that is is having is also showing courage and not the courage in the, I'm going to you know face it and fight it, but rather the courage to be like I'm going to let it do its thing, like mm-hmm. I'm going to let the darkness consume me because there's not that it isn't to be feared. Yeah. Here. That makes sense. And so th- that's part of it. Um, if you're you and your other people who you are all consenting, I think sexual activity is very powerful. It's that oh, opposite yeah. end of fertility. So it's it's that, and part of the Gaelic tradition, it's also the coupling of the Dagda and the Morrigan. So there's that part of it that's very culturally specific for me. So yeah, I fire, feasting, frivolity, release <laughs> um, are all very important to me. And I like food at oh, all food, holidays. Yes. But feasting is so important for this right now because I think, at least for me, it's connecting to my ancestors in... Well, I have the privilege of not living a lifestyle where I ever have to go hungry. I am acknowledging my ancestors who did, and so in some way, I'm, I'm, I'm giving them access to the plenty that I experience. So by my eating with other people, I invite them to the table too. Hundred percent. That makes. And then feeding feeding other people who don't have access to food is good too. So you know, making some contribution. To something would also be a good would be a good practice I try not to be super intentional on one. I just kind of try to do all of the releases that feel that feel right so for me that also includes lots of drinking and that doesn't have to be <laughs> the same for everyone but I, that's part of the release for me is lowering my inhibitions to the point where I can scream and dance and jump and do all this other stuff
0: and fully enjoy the thinning of the veil you know, that altered mind state is so powerful at this time of year.
1: Yeah, are there specific things you really like to do with Samhain? Um, I like to do all the things that you like to
0: do. Uh, Samhain, you know, Samhain was celebrated. I'm trying to think when I first did Samhain. Yeah, it was during the school year, so it was doable with the student group. Um, it usually involves, we usually did it a little bit earlier because, you know, Central New York, it's a it could, it could snow, <laughs> so we would try to do it a little bit earlier, uh, beginning of October. But we would go out. Oh, this is also a time uh, uh, one tradition that I forgot that I do, um, which again the mirrored connecting a Beltana to Sawin is usually this is when we burn the maple. Um, so this is when we uh, yeah burn all of uh, another releasing of the summer. Energy that was built up and then locked for the the fertility energy locked for the land for a good harvest, um, we burn that away because you don't want the sex pole to stick around for winter. Well, I mean, you might want to, you personally might want to, but in a in an agricultural sense, it's not good to have things try to grow in the middle of winter because that's wasted potential. Uh, so you release it back to the the land by burning your maple. That's one thing I forgot I do. So I have a mini maple now from this past year since. We have now been in quarantine for at least half a, a full half of a wheel. Oh, we're going to come around to a full wheel. That's going to be interesting.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I also, uh, for me, it's also welcome, welcoming in the embodiments of winter, not like in a grudging way, but in a very open accepting way. So for that means it means like Ankalia is here and she's here until Beltana, like yeah. full force. And that's okay for me because crone, the Crones <laughs> of Winter, are actually pretty awesome if you let them do their thing. Like they're not, they're not as like super cheerful, friendly, pers- personal yeah. as like say like the 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 more spring summer oriented deities. But they're very wise and very strong, and. Not all of them. That's but back from
0: her, you know, <laughs> her stint as a as a young lady, as a young lass, <laughs> uh, and she is uh, all sorts of chaotic, fun, upbeatness in the winter.
1: <laughs> but I think that also reflects on. This is also a time for you to to figure out. You know, who do you want to be? Come At spring. the end of winter,
0: yeah. Who do you want and, to be? Come spring.
1: What lessons do you want to take with you? Oh yeah, this was
0: this is a good time to not plant lessons that you want to harvest. It's a good time to think about your planting. Set up some plans. You know, sketch out your uh, land plot. What you want to plant? Land plot being kind of a metaphor for life. Uh, it's a good planting time.
1: Yeah, what are you cultivating on your spiritual geography?
0: Yeah. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: What is what does that look like? And, and what then, does that look
0: like in COVID? I think I mean we haven't talked about it much we talked about it here and there for this wheel, but as I said, we're like uh, we've done at least more than a half of a wheel and we'll be almost coming up on a full wheel uh in COVID. So how does that impact your practice? I think for me, Salwin's one of those uh perfect time to really th- if you haven't already uh, think about a maybe a magical practice pod or just a maybe uh, a family pod and I put family in quotes because family means a lot of different things a lot of different folks but setting up those people that you can do communal things with where you either understand the risks maybe you all have a similar risk or you all are pretty low risk because of your jobs or access to certain resources, but this is time to do that and think about the pod you might want for winter, especially winter, winter pods. Yeah,
1: and and I really suggest that you find some way, either virtual or in a safe way in 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 real life, about um, celebrating it with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and and making sure you do that and then i i personally find that um if you have the opportunity to do any sort of like trick or treating activity yeah, um it. either either giving candy or or getting it then making an offering of like i when i've gone trick or treating and been um a magically inclined person um i give the best of my candy as an offering to the morrigan uh-huh. um but i also think just that sort of like sharing of fun in and of itself is pretty powerful um and it can connect you to a broader community or it shows your participation in community uh-huh. even if it's just with your friends and you're like you just like on on the day on on halloween day just call your friends like one at a time and be like, trick or treat, just want to check in. I yeah. think that that's something that you could you could do. Yeah, there's also uh, a good
0: time of year to share family stories, you know? Mm-hmm. All, like sharing in joy is great, but also sharing in some communal communal pain, not like making of pain, but sharing in some, some, some pain of remembering those we've especially the, with again in the pandemic with the amount of life just lost in such a short period of time um helping to release some of that but just remembering some people who may have passed this year some of the new ancestors the meaty bits in the soup who are who have just entered to reseason and update the soup i'm, I'm loving the soup analogy it's, it's, it's a good, good it's a good analogy <laughs> uh and but celebrating
1: the- some of them and this is the time that we get to, you know, sort of hang out in the broth for a while. Yeah. It's a nice it's a good time of year that we can start to really under understand um what what that means. And yeah, there's there's always going to be uh you have to embrace some of the pain that comes with family and with and with, a, with the end of such a powerhouse time of the year, where everything's 100% the entire time, things are going to start waning um, and becoming a different form of hardship. Huh. And so I think that this Samhain, really specifically, this one very importantly, is this is a time to really lean into care so yes it's it's tough for a lot of people i don't want to generalize to everyone but for a lot of people it's the winter represents a time of some emotional difficulty especially the further you go and so on top of all the difficulties we've been talking about dealing with the emotion natural emotional malaise of winter is going to be even harder and generally diseases tend to get worse in the winter mm-hmm. so it's going to be a time of hardship. And so stealing yourself for that, making some plans is how you're going to care for it. And also figuring out how how are you going to go from a place of blame to a place of caring. And this goes for yourself and others. Uh-huh. So from my perspective, this is not a time when you're go- people are going to be able to be productive. Like, oh, no. I wish I could be productive, more productive than I am but I can't be, and I kind of feel bad about that, but I'm also learning, maybe I, maybe that is how it is. Yeah. So, reflecting on that, like, is productivity something that's going to have to start to, to, to die, like, is your sense of productivity going to have to die, this Samhain too, because that's something you could sacrifice, you know, make that, make that sort of living sacrifice of, it will be uncomfortable for me but maybe i'm gonna let this die for a while and maybe it'll come back in the spring and maybe it won't yeah and the same thing with others sacrificing the expectations of other
0: people's productivity allowing us to just be i think this is a good time especially given just the state of the world uh it's a good time to take some risks and to establish some real solid community connections if you're not already a part of some of those and take some risk and just uh allowing yourself the ability to just be in community with people not expect things from them not have them expect anything from you and just be there in the ways that you need in the ways that you show up and just connect maybe magically maybe not but just connect
1: and don't think of it as as something that you need to do in a again in a productive standpoint we've talked a little bit about you know how capitalism affects our magic and thinking something's going to happen quickly is one of them. Mm. So it's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen in a week or two or three or four or a month. It's going to take practice over time. And there's nothing wrong with that. Especially now that the world is both literally and metaphorically on fire, it feels like everything has to get done immediately. And (sighs) while I wish it were true, you just can't. So also learning to take it slow and just keep trying at it. I I don't like using the word commitment sometimes because it sounds too harsh and judgmental in and of itself. Like the way that we often use it is like you have to commit and an almost shaming type of way. Mm-hmm. But about commitment in the very natural sense of are you just gonna keep going? Like, yeah, yeah. you could have a month where you do terribly. But maybe, you know, if you keep at it, then maybe next time will be what you needed it to, you know, like it needed it, it needed to be that not so great. And then it will become great because you went through the process of experiencing the not so great. Exactly. I mean, that's been
0: kind of central to what I've developed as part of my practice now is at the core of it, uh, you know without all the deities, without all the magic, without the cool tarot decks, without the candles, without all the, the, the high ritual magic that I just love so much and the aesthetic, I love the aesthetic, um, what's at the core of my practice. And I think it's commitment. And it's not commitment, as you had said, it's not commitment in the way of like, I need to hold on to this, and if I don't, I am somehow bad or wrong. It's more just the the... The power and the commitment to just keep going forward, whether it's, again, a bad month, whether it's a stagnant period, just the ability to say, I am this wholeheartedly at the core of my being, and I commit to that and continue to work at it, even if it's unproductive, chaotic, lackadaisical however I work at it, I work at it. I'm just committed to it because I want to be and it's at the core of my being and trying to find that core truth, which sounds really philosophically (laughs) hubris and I apologize. (laughs) But that's, yeah, I've been working at that of like what is the core of my being and I think it's commitment, not a deity, not an ancestor, not a practice, it's commitment to all those things that's at the core of my being.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think for me, what I found is at the core of my being and what I, I see Sawen as a good time for is to build a stock of hope. And that is one of the most elusive and difficult <laughs> emotions to have and hold on to. Because hope and magic, like you said, it sounds hubristic, but hope and magic are hubris. They are against all odds believing that you will have some effect on the world and that is witchcraft at its core and
0: and that magical faith just in general that is <laughs>
1: just, that is just magic and so hope is this hope is its own kind of magic so for me it's replenishing the core of my being and bringing perspective to um, no matter what happens i there is a purpose to my existence It just is not a cosmic one or yeah. even a grand political one. It is <laughs> It, it is, is just your own. It is just it is just it is just for me. Yep. Um and and the people who I care about mm-hmm. who I care about the most. I find this time leading up to so the month of October is quite bittersweet because it has all these great this great energy getting ready. The veil thins and thins and thins and it I feel closer and closer to The day to the deities and things that i find it very important but on the other hand i also miss people i'm separated from more and more Uh like feeling and and accepting that like feeling those feelings i think is a really authentic powerful experience of realizing how much someone means to you because of how much you miss them even if you talk to them regularly you know if they're not around you all the time it can be really tough to not be around those people. Yeah. So I think that just not 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 wallowing in it, not saying, oh, I'm going to, like, it's not, I'm not suggesting you do it in kind of an almost like, oh, I'm embracing pain because that'll make me a better person Christianity style shit. No. I'm talking about just acknowledging and letting those feelings authentically happen. Yeah, and it's, then,
0: em- it's embracing an authentic, holistic self we're not all hunky-dory rainbows and sunshine all the time your sadness and your uh, struggles are just as much a part of you and so you're not embracing them because you're giving in to the sadness you're just embracing it as a part of you and giving it the validity of being a part of you and understanding that without it you' you're, I mean without it it's hard to be whole We don't we're not monolithic beings.
1: Yeah and and so understanding that those those emotions will come and that, you know, it's just part of the experience too is 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 good cuz I think it's again about gaining perspective. Yeah. on on things. Yeah. Yep. Any last things about Silent our favorite time of year?
0: any tips tricks Um,
1: i think that one more thing that i would say is important that you could try to explore is look for those ancestral connections that really speak to you on some level um and and embracing authentic experience so for example i did actually something that had a much larger effect on me than i thought that i will i will share because it's my podcast um I got a book from a thrift store the other day that was basically just a it was a like a a book about Ireland that was mostly just photographs it was just like tour Ireland but with photographs and I was looking at it um and in the context of the reading and I just had gone to or just was on a virtual seminar about um led by three indigenous women talking about you know environmentalism and how environmentalism kind of fails the indigenous experience and why you know that experience should be centered in the work of conservation Mm -hmm. um but looking through these pictures and looking at all these landscapes and stuff and thinking i had my birthright taken away from me my ancestors came here either you know probably mostly out of a sense of greed and this is these places that i'm looking at they speak to me on a far more fundamental level. Like, wh- why I never realized how big a piece of myself was missing until, you know, I looked at that and had to grieve that idea that I may be able to go and set up myself in those places. I may not, but there is this giant piece of me that's missing and that I don't know if I'll ever get to have that these other people are experiencing and talking about and were nice enough to share with me mm-hmm. through that seminar. And so realizing that, you know, I'm incomplete and maybe that's part of where some of these things come from. And what can I do to deal with that incompleteness? Yeah, that comes, that comes from an ancestral experience. And I think that's why I found it so important in this time is that for better or worse, it's an ancestral experience. And they took that away from me, but they're also so important to me being whole. Both the experiences that are not there and my ancestors who are there, even though it's their fault. Mm-hmm. So what do I do with that?
0: Yeah, that's that. That's
1: actually really, really powerful. I'm sit that. I then. cried. It was a really intense moment for me, but I'm glad yeah. I had it.
0: Yeah, because it it offered a really enlightening uh a moment about a possible new direction that you might be uh do the hard work of reestablishing ancestral roots in a place of your people
1: yeah i don't it's know big work yeah it <laughs> but doable is.
0: doable and strong um my tip was not that uh my tip was invest in a black candle and let yourself do the macabre thing of having fun and doing experimenting in ritual sacrifice but obviously uh, proxy sacrifice um, <laughs> for the pure theatrics of it because when else do you get the opportunity to just do spooky stuff
1: oh absolutely like any sort of like macabre bloody hilarious cake <laughs> shenanigans are yes. definitely pr- primo so one thing I learned from my first mentor who kicked me into magic was that the Morrigan loves kitschy shit. Yep. And so any of that sort of macabre, like, spider webs and, like, fake guts and, you know, like, <laughs> splattery cakes and proxy sacrificey things like an armadillo cake you cut into or whatever, you know, is just, yeah, that's that's prime Samhain. <laughs> so go for so... it. Drink all that red wine, you know, have, like, the fun red velvet cakes, you know, just whatever is both yes. kitschy and spoopy and buckets of blood just oh yeah absolutely <laughs>
0: everywhere <laughs> cornstarch and red food color red food dye
1: and on the <laughs> off chance and on the off chance that anyone listening to this is kind of um into is into like hunting and stuff um i would say that this is a time to really reflect on so because the se- hunting seasons are beginning various mm-hmm. seasons are beginning so really reflecting on what is the purpose of the death that I'm causing and how does it relate back to me yeah. and making that a magical experience because I'm not – I don't – think I personally don't have any problem with hunting. I think it's fine. I just think, like, what are we deeply thinking about the magic of taking a life? Like, what yeah. are we doing with that? And so it just doesn't go to waste. Like, of course, you shouldn't just be killing things without, you know, having a plan for what you're going to do with it. But – um like, if you're hunting deer for food, what other magical things are going on in that? Because killing is a powerful act. And so it really it's is. reflecting on how killing of the hunt, especially that aspect of the hunt, is, is, <laughs> is magic. Ah, oh, yeah. Well,
0: we've talked a lot about Samhain. I mean, we could talk about hours and hours of Samhain. We could. We could. Um, but I think that's all we have time for today. Um. So you can let's see. I do have one challenge. I <laughs> I feel like we're hitting a point where we have enough listeners, our uh, strong core listeners. Um. If you do anything fun for Sauron, you know anything theatrical, over the top, buckets of blood, or just anything. If you have a fun Sauron tradition and you'd be willing to. You know, uh, share a photo, tag us on Instagram, at Crohn's Porch, C-R-O-N-E-S-P-O-R-C-H. Email us some photos. Maybe we can share them over our Instagram, possibly our Twitter. But, like, show us what you do on Samhain. Show us your book. It's a blood pride. I don't have a fun hashtag for it.
1: Uh, Hashtag Crohn's being spoopy. Yeah, hashtag Crohn's being (laughs) spoopy. That's funny, though. All right, go for it.
0: Let's cr- do it. Friends <laughs> being spoopy.
1: Um,
0: but yeah, but check us out on social media. We are on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Facebook, we Crone Porch because we're singular on Facebook. <laughs> we're yes, single. we are. We're single on Facebook.
1: <laughs> I know. Y'all, you know, talk to us. Yeah. Send us um, your feedback, thoughts, feelings, plans, questions. Just a hello.
0: Hello. What you reading? Like, do you have any cool books you've been consuming? Magical or not? Like, just let us know you exist. I want to scream into the void and have it scream back.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's what Samhain's all about.
0: Screaming into the void. Hopefully the void doesn't scream back. That's probably a bad sign. Uh,
1: It depends. It depends depends
0: on your void. (laughs)
1: Oh, yeah. Well, um, well,
0: we will catch y'all next time as we move to... What's next? Samhain goes into...
1: Yule? If you celebrate Yule, it's
0: Yule Tide. Oh, next time on Crone's Porridge Wheel of the Year special, we'll be talking
1: about drunk Odin. The only time I like Odin. (laughs) My favorite Odin. Uh. So, I... (laughs) I I will say um, hail the Morrigan and Slan, and I will say those with also hail the Morrigan because she's a
0: a lovely lovely person, <laughs> <laughs> and we'll catch you next time on the Crone's porch. Bye bye.